Welcome to another episode of Cultivate and Keep. Thanks for listening. I'm Corey. And I'm Jeremy. And uh, today we got another verse to talk about. But before I do that, one quick item for you. We're still doing the two-week challenge, which I'm sure you're sick of hearing us over and over and over again talk about. But it's super important. And if you haven't shared yet, please do. You can go to cultivateandkeep.com slash challenge. Uh, We're giving away a lot of cool stuff for the first, second, and third best sharers around the globe. Um, So definitely check that out. And in return, we will give you lots of good content as well in the upcoming days. Um, so if you are someone that you think you never win something or this is your time, you can't to shine. Win, this is your time because you control yes. it. You control your destiny. That's right. So make you are the master of your own right. something. I think that's how it goes. Uh, but the challenge ends this Friday um, at midnight. So make sure to do it by then. Um, you can do it multiple times. Again, it's the whoever shares the best climbs the leaderboard. The first, second, and third best shares will get amazing stuff from us. Okay. Bada beam, boom, pow, pop, bang. Let's do it. <laughs> All right. So today we're doing another episode number ten. Episode right? number ten of the or challenge. Of the challenge, yeah. Um, of and the we challenge. so the last episode we did. Um, so we're gonna kind of do a few more episodes about misinterpreted or misunderstood uh, Bible verses. And so we yeah. did Philippians four thirteen, and now we're doing Jeremiah twenty nine eleven. Yeah. Do you know and that by heart, Corey? Um. Yeah, I'm sure I do. As you totally. Look, as you look at your notes. <laughs> as I look at my phone. <laughs> no, I also wanted to say, like, we're not here to, like, poop on people misinterpreting verses. Like, also, like, you've probably heard this, and it's just to shed more light on it. Like, we can just really zero in on a verse, on a single verse, and then talk more about it. So, um, we're excited to talk about Jeremiah 29, 11, okay. which is, uh, for I know the plans I have for you declares the Lord plans for welfare and not for evil to give you a future and a hope. Okay. I want, so we didn't do this last time, but I wanted to ask, like, what do you think that means? Like for you, hmm. like, when you hear that verse, cause it's easy to take it at face value. Like, Oh like, yeah. But how do you think on like a, on a deeper level, if you can answer this off the back top of your head, like yeah. what does it mean to you? Yeah. Um, well, exa- exactly. I think that's part of the, the hard part is that if I were to look at just this verse mm-hmm. in isolation, it would be very tempting for me to think like, well, God has great plans for me and like I can trust in him and all his promises are true, which is, which are all true statements, but that's not necessarily the meaning behind this verse. And for me, sort of the real meat of the verse and what I like about it is um, there's a lot of really strong themes of patience and of perseverance and of God's ultimate promises coming true. And so even though things might be kind of hard or things might feel like a struggle now, you can know that in the future, some unforeseen time in the future, that God does have good things for you and he does have a future for you. So those are the things that kind of come into mind for me off the bat. For me, I think, so I think, I like how you talked about perseverance. Yeah. For me, I think about like the process of those things. And so mm. like thinking of the end result of like learning perseverance, it's like sweet, like cool. But yeah. how about the process of when you learn to do that? <laughs> um, that's what comes to my mind. Yeah. The ugly part, the painful part. I'm ugly. Yeah. So, <laughs> yeah, just move on. <laughs> yeah. No, but uh, the reason why we chose this verse was because, again, this is another one maybe that people like to get tattooed in places or they like to put in their shoes or, you know, stuck, stuck up on a wall or use it for an Instagram caption um, because it's very fluffy and nice and romantic. Um, it's usually, and, and also I think it's, this is kind of one of the, those verses that people usually tell you 
when you're going through a hard time or when you're struggling with something or when you're frustrated with something, um, which is good context, but alone, you know, it can make it think like it's kind of like the prosperity gospel a little bit. And we're, we're stepping on toes here maybe a little bit, but, um, the prosperity gospel is about like, God wants you to be happy and God wants you to be rich and God wants you to have a wonderful, amazing life here on earth. Um, which aren't necessarily true. Those are kind of like cheapened versions of the truth, dumbed down versions of the truth. And so there's a lot more of this verse. And one of the things that I really like is that I think that as you get into the context of this verse, you actually learn to like it a lot more and appreciate it a lot more. Yeah, I like that. Well, let's go into the context rather yeah. than talk about what it's not. Well, <laughs> tell me, bro. Um, so the first note we have is that this promise is not specifically made to an individual. And I yeah. think that's how... I don't think I know that's how we apply it. Like when we reference yeah, this, this is a huge one. Well, like you said, when it's, it's usually used in like a time of like, if you're going through a hard time in your life, I'm going to say, Hey man, Jeremiah 29, 11, you know, whatever, <laughs> be encouraged, be lifted up. <laughs> I feel like you've probably said that to someone. I feel like I have. I could totally sure. see that. Yeah. Well, duh, I'm a Christian. I have to. Uh, duh. Um, but we, so we use it on like a personal level, like for an individual, um, situation but in the context it was actually was to the group of people of the hebrews being exiled from babylon so god wasn't just speaking to an individual prophet or person but it was for a group of people now i think with that it can still apply to us on an individual level but the context was a group of people not just you know me talking to you Corey. it was for a group right because i think that it can often get mixed in with the idea of like you are special and God has a plan for you and like he's going to use you in unique ways. Again, all true things. Thanks, man. But <laughs> yeah, you, Jeremy has not. So what's sorry funny to, is to break the news funny to you, but when we're talking, we sit across from each other. And so we like, <laughs> it's funny. And Corey, when he speaks, he like stares daggers like into, <laughs> if you've ever, if you're listening, there's probably times where Corey's talking and then it's like my turn and I just will be quiet so because intense. I'm like lost in the way he's looking at me and just like, whoa, like mem- mesmerized by his like intense gaze. Uh, anyway, continue. Sorry. Okay. What I was saying was, <laughs> this can get lost in kind of this fluffy Christianity. I'm going to try not to look at you so intensely now. <laughs> As he started that sentence, he was like back <laughs> looking at me. Uh, so intense. Anyway. Okay. But this can kind of get into this fluffy kind of romanticized version of Christianity, which is just all about you. Again, it's all about God. I wants to do cool things with you and he has a great plan for you. And again, knowing that it's not in the context of an individual in this uh, context of a people and a group of people, then it sheds light out, okay, well, actually, since it's more for a group of people, what is what does that mean for this message? Like, What is God trying to tell this group of people and not just me? Capiche? Oh, I was trying to see how <laughs> long we could go. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Okay, so back to the context. So the well, first thing I wanted to say was this verse, um, it's, it's good. So I think when we backed up with Philippians 4.13, we, I don't say we bashed on it, but we were definitely no. like, it's out of context, so I want to get back with this one saying this is a promise, and it's really a promise of a future, and it's kind of reminding us that God's plan is good. for God is for us. He is on our side. Yeah. Um, because I think it's easy to, for us to be cynical, like sitting in this chair right now. Like think, as you dissect a verse and you dive into it, it's easy to kind of pick apart how we misapply it. Mm-hmm. So 
you, while it is misapplied at times, I, I do want to say, and we know this, it's a good, oh, good it's a fantastic, first. And it's, yeah, exactly. And it's not, and I don't want to discourage anyone from like, if this was your life first, like don't change that. You know, it's no. a good thing for you to believe for yourself. Yeah. And, uh, you know, you were like jokingly teasing me for using that with someone. Like, I think you can totally use this verse with people. I mean, I feel like, you said I have, and thinking back on it, I, I know I have. Um, <laughs> that's not bad. Like, I mean, if it's like a go-to, like, yeah. well, then yeah. But it's there is really a lot of good behind this. Well, well, I mean, so. I think it's even better when you use the context, when you know the context, and you can explain to someone what the context of a, is, of this verse is, and then it becomes even more powerful, and becomes even more applicable yeah. to someone. So, in summary, with that, what I I just wanted to say, this verse is not like a promise to like wealth or like success. I think what it really is just a promise of reminding us that God um, is for us and that he, God does what he says and he will fulfill his promises to us. Like for for me, that's, if I was going to sum it up, that's what I would say. Just that God is for you and he's with you and he's not going to make you rich necessarily, but he is for you and the plans that he's made for you. Yeah. Specifically the word in there prosper. It, it doesn't literally mean kind of the, the American, interpretation of prosper and prosperity of like financial wealth or financial gain really what it is is the word prosper refers to like a a spiritual salvation or like a well-being or like a overall you know um good living like you're you're in good health and and good uh and good standing with god and so so getting more into the context god you know the israelites were exiled in babylon and basically they were being mistreated they weren't you know being good in there they were kind of like sick of it. They they wanted to get out, get out obviously. Um, so God had promised that he had not given up on them and that he, even though things weren't necessarily like they weren't in the best of circumstances, that they still had a future and a hope um, and that he is going to come through. But I think what's super interesting is that the full context is that um, the prophet Jeremiah confronts a false prophet actually uh, Hananiah, I hope I'm not butchering that, but he, this guy Hananiah could boldly proclaim that God was going to free Israel from the Babylon in two years. And so kind of spoiler alert, they don't, God doesn't do this. Um, and it, it sounds like good news. Everyone wants to hear this kind of thing. Like, Oh, great. You know, God gave this guy a prophetic word and we're going to be free in two years, which is really close. So we can like look forward to that. And Jeremiah calls out Hananiah's lie. And then he states, Jeremiah 29, 11, kind of the, the promise that God has for him. But the bad news is that it doesn't come for another 70 years. So 70, 70, again, Jeez. they're big numbers that we're playing with here in the Bible. Um, like 40 years with, uh, with Joshua waiting in the wilderness Again, here with Jeremiah and the people of Israel, they were going to be free from Babylon, but just not for another 70 years, which sounds harsh. And it sounds, it sounds pretty dire. Um, but the thing is that Jeremiah shares his promise and, and he gives this kind of directive from God. He says, seek the peace and the prosperity of the city to which I have carried you into exile. Pray to the Lord for it because if it prospers, you too will prosper. And that's in verse seven. So it's interesting because Jeremiah tells the people, look, instead of like trying to get out, like be a light to the city, help the city, and then you will be helped as well. And that was not what the Israelites wanted to hear at all. And I think this is kind of one of the, those verses that's really indicative of mm-hmm. sometimes what God tells you isn't what you want to hear. I think that's good. I, I, I know I've read this, read this one before, but I've never really understood it or it's never stuck out to me like it does now. But that's super good. Seek the peace and prosperity of the city to which 
I have carried you into into exile. So I like how it's saying like it's not telling you to seek prosperity or peace upon you and your life, but of yeah. the city of yeah. the whole. And like as you said that, I was thinking of like what you know, there are things we are involved with and we are a part of. And so like think of it like that way. Like you are to I don't want to say the better good, but think of the whole rather than just you. And this verse is totally not that way. We always take it for me and, you know, yeah. on an individual basis. So that's super good for the city, which I have carried you into exile. Yeah. You can almost think of it as like God's way for the Israelites to get out was to love the people that they hated. Mm-hmm. And basically their love for others was their way out of the mm-hmm. city. And if, if they prosper, then you will too. Yeah, exactly. That's so good. they need to help the people that they hated who were, holding them there captive in order to be freed from the city. Um, you know, but I think oftentimes this verse can be seen almost as like a security blanket against kind of like one of those constellation kind of verses where it's just like a, uh, everything's going to be okay kind of verse or like stick with it, buddy. Or like a, you know, you kind of get like the, the side nod of like, yeah, that's really stinks what you're going through. Um, but really what this verse is about is, is seeing God, again, through the circumstance, but seeing the light in whatever you're doing. And, and again, the, the people weren't directed to like, God didn't tell the people like, hold fast, like just stick it out. He told them, no, hope the city, let the, the city prosper. And as the city prospers, as you love the people there, then that will be your way out. Yeah. Like you said, um, the, ver- so this verse doesn't mean that God's going to take away the pain or take away suffering but rather he is with us or with you in, in the middle of all that suffering. Um, is one of those ones that, again, it, it's good and it's a good verse, but we think of it as, yeah, there goes my problems, there goes my pain, kind yeah. of like Philippians 4.13. Yeah. But the reality is, what it, or like we talked about with Joshua, like he, Joshua was told to be strong and courageous no matter what he was going through. So it wasn't saying like, be strong, you know, you're good. It was say, well, be strong because big things are coming yeah. your way. It's like with this, it's kind of this, the same Um, same principle like you know no matter what we're going through this is a reminder of hope that we have yeah no one thing we haven't talked about with this verse um is you know that we god created you and me with a specific plan for our life i think i think it's another way with it for me when i hear this verse that's kind of probably where i hear it the most like god has has a specific plan for you and for me which he does and that's i think a good way of looking at it but the context of this verse isn't necessarily about your specific life it's kind of like we've Mm -hmm. we've already talked about yeah i think it's also interesting to look at this verse in the context of a group and like think Mm -hmm. about your community and think about your city and think about your state and think about your country think about this world like again this a lot of people just want their problems to go away to go to a different place to leave to kind of run away from the problems or just have god you know, wipe it clean and give them a, a second chance of life and a kind of a fresh start, quote unquote. But in reality, it's not the way that it works. In the reality, God wants us to face the things that we're dealing with and to find him in the midst of it mm-hmm. and to, you know, to seek him in the midst of all the stuff that's coming at us and, and to brave it. Yeah. And then with that, like considering like, you know, maybe God isn't done with you, you know, where you are today. Mm-hmm. Like if you're in a situation, like you're saying that you may just want to move away or a clean start. Well, like think about, ask yourself, you know, whatever you're going through, like, is God done with you there yet? Is there a way God wants to use you in that circumstance or in that situation that you are in? Yeah, no, absolutely. Yeah. So again, the <clears throat> verse doesn't necessarily mean that God will take away your suffering, but rather he will give you hope in the midst of your suffering. Yeah. So 
And that's what I think is, is really why this verse is more encouraging the, the, the more that you actually look at it and, and give it context. Because if you're just telling someone like, Hey dude, it's going to be okay. Jeremiah 29, 11, you know, like God has a hope and a future for you and he has well being for you. Um, to be honest, it's not like a, there's no substance to that. Like the, that doesn't mm-hmm. really help me with my pain right now. Like that's just kind of like, okay, great. Well then I still have to suffer through what I'm doing. Mm-hmm. But if you tell them, look, you know, the, ba- or the Israelites were struggling in the city of Babylon and they wanted a way out and God's directive to them, God's um, message to them was, I know this is hard, but I have a hope and a future for you. I have plans for you. Um, but be the light where you yeah. are now, like yeah. find me and what you're doing now, find the light and whatever is happening to you right now. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. So as we close, I wanted to say, um, you should, if you want to go back and read this, uh, read the, the probably the previous few chapters and then the ones yeah. after this as well for this and Philippians four thirteen. Um, I think the full context really, yeah. what I found recently is a lot of like big verses like these, like that we know so well, there's often like one or two verses later that I think are gold as well, if not yeah, better. Even better. Yeah. It's like, yeah. whoa, like, how come no one talks there's about these There's a few around ones? this one. And I, I'm pretty sure, yeah, this one as well. Yeah. Um, also kind of random, but I was just thinking about this. Um, if, if you're going through a hard time right now, if you're in a rough circumstance, you should read James. I read James mm. um, a few months ago. Yeah. I was kind of in a regular little slump, and someone recommended it to me, so I read it, and it was so, so good, really encouraging. So I feel like I just wanted to say that. Somewhere. Yeah, no, that's good. Um, and again, Jeremiah is one of the, I think Philippians is a little easier to kind of see all the context because it's only like, what, six chapters or something? It's, I think it's four. <laughs> is it four? Yeah, yeah it's, it's, it's just four. So, um, But Jeremiah, there's a lot more chapters so we didn't have necessarily like the, the time or resources to go through all of them. But if you read even the whole story of Jeremiah, like the guy went through some stuff, like the guy, essentially God's message to Jeremiah was, I'm going to send to to these cities or to the city and the people Learn aren't going to be told. No. <laughs> yeah. The, the people aren't going to listen to yeah. you, but I want you to go and preach the gospel there anyways. And Jeremiah had to be faithful and obedient. He had to do that. And this was one of those things where, you know, the Israelites wanted out this false prophet comes in with good news or so they thought and Jeremiah had to come in and be the bad news guy, which sucks. But at the same time, you have to know that God's promises ring true and that he does have a hope for in a future for you, but he also has something good for you in the struggle that you're going through right now. Cool. Is that it? We're good? That's good. Cool. All right, guys. Well, hey, don't forget about the two-week challenge. Also, if you have any topics that you want to hear us talk about, please feel free to reach out, email us. Um, You can reach out through Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, or email. Um, Also, if you feel like we miss anything on these topics, let us know. Oh, yeah. Love to hear you. And we can always circle back and and touch up on it. Um, Other than that, peace. Peace and chicken grease.